Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show with your host, Autumn Miles. Autumn is an author, speaker, wife, and mother. She's the founder and CEO of the Blush Network and the author of Appointed. Autumn's vision is to engage our culture with the bold truth of God coupled with raw faith. Now here's your host, Autumn Miles. Hello, this is Autumn with the Autumn Miles Show. How are you guys doing out there today? We have an awesome week this week. Today, I'm going to be doing a two-part message. So you'll hear half of it today, and you'll hear half of it tomorrow. So I want you guys to tune back in tomorrow. This is a message that God actually gave me the week before Thanksgiving, okay? But I think it's super relevant, uh, especially going into Christmas and, um, you know, just the idea that, that, hey, guys, listen up. No matter what your circumstance is, we have been so blessed in this country. We have been so blessed. If you can hear the sound of my voice and you are living, especially in the Metroplex, um, you know, we, we have just been blessed. I feel incredibly thankful for, um, for, for everything in my life. And so we are going to talk about Thanksgiving. However, I'm going to, I'm going to put a little autumn miles twist on it. It, It's, you're not going to see it coming. It's going to be like, Whoa, where did that come from? Of course, straight out of the word of God, he gave me a little nugget, um, for us to really dig our teeth into today. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, I, I got a, I got a couple PSAs. Um, you know, we love to hear from you guys. We love it. We love it. I hear from you guys every single day we hear from you. Um, a lot of times you guys will will find me on social media, Autumn Miles. You know, my hair is, I'm the, I'm the Autumn with the fluorescent blonde hair and the, you know, seven inch nails. They're not seven inches, but they're long enough um, that some people think they're weird. Uh, I, I love it when you guys message us. Our whole entire team loves you guys. And when you message us and say, listen, that show or that podcast or whatever it is that God touches your heart with, um, changed my life or changed my thinking. That is exactly why we are doing what we're doing. So look us up on social media. Facebook is where we typically do most of our, um, ministry stuff. Uh, you can find autumn miles over there. You can also find me on Instagram. I do a lot more family stuff over there because I'm obsessed with my family, but you can find me over there and send our team a message. Um, or you can email us at hello at autumnmiles.com. If you're interested in updates about the ministry, you can actually sign in through the website, put your little email address in there, and you can get exclusive updates that everybody doesn't get about the ministry. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. Also, we are listener supported. Um, we, we're going through the holiday season. We just had Giving Tuesday not too long ago. Um, it's the end of the year. And because we are listener supported, that means we depend on you. Um, a lot of you guys have given out there. And it is, it's honestly incredible uh, to be able to keep our show on the air. 
And just to be able to continue what we get to do, which we absolutely love serving the Lord this way. But uh, we got to keep it on the air. We got to keep it on the air. And um, I have such a huge vision for the show, really want to grow the show. So uh, in your end of year giving, we are a 501c3. We are a nonprofit. Um, we would love for to be considered by you. If, if the show has, has changed your thinking, changed your life, if you listen to it often, you can log on to autumnmiles.com slash donate and you can do a reoccurring gift. You can do a one-time gift. Listen, whatever you have, that's what we need. Whatever God lays on your heart, that's that is what we need. And every single penny that we get um, helps us do what we do on a regular basis. So thank you so much for that. Um, let's get into the word of God today. Out of order. Out of order. When I was praying through this message about what exactly God wanted me to share, um, and I really studied this passage of scripture, God gave me out of order. Uh, you know, sometimes in our lives, actually most of the time, we've been taught at a very young age <clears throat> that Thanksgiving comes after you receive something. Okay. So if you were to give to our ministry, I would just instinctually say, Thank you for giving. Um, you know, when you when you get a Christmas present in a couple weeks, you will instinctually say, or hopefully you've been taught. Hopefully your mom has taught you right. Um, you will instinctually say, thank you for this fruitcake or whatever it is that you get as a gift. We have been taught that thanks comes after you receive something. And... Um, as I was studying this passage of scripture, God really convicted me about the order of Thanksgiving that we have adopted and adapted in our lives as um, what should be. I believe we have our Thanksgiving out of order, and I'm going to explain it to you in the next two days. <clears throat> you know, we, my husband and I have a, uh, we bought a new house a couple of years ago, and this is before we have our babies. If you're listening for the first time, we have four children, two of which we adopted. They are almost three, actually, coming on three. Um, we adopted them two months apart. They are not from the same birth mother. Uh, it's it's a miraculous story what happened in our home. But before they were even an option, we had, we had a great house. We had a house that we had prayed for and God had really given us as a gift, and um, I will never forget the day that God told me after I was on uh, a book tour for my previous book, uh, you need a bigger house. You need a bigger house. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I, you know, I didn't know we were going to get two babies. I didn't know what God saw for our lives. I had no clue. And so um, I, I remember landing from the plane from this book tour and I got off the plane and my husband was there to pick me up at the airport. And I'm like, listen, we need a bigger house, which to which he looked at me and was like, no, we don't. And I said, no, no, no. I'm, I'm telling you, God has said, look for a bigger home. At that point, we began began our, um, our house shopping and we actually built the home that we're living in now to which a couple of months later, we got both of our babies and we were super happy that God prompted my spirit to get, to buy a bigger house. 
new. Everything was new in this house. Okay, you guys, like everything was new. When you build a house, it's it's absolutely unbelievable. You know, the toilet is new. Like no one has used it yet. It's awesome. The uh the the I mean, the sink is new, the microwave is new. Everything is the cement is new. I love walking into a new house. And you smell, I don't know if it's plaster, I don't know if it's paint, I don't know what it is, but I just love that smell of a new home. Like, you know that it had just been constructed. There is something about that smell. Well, we got a refrigerator, and I'm one of those freaks that uh, am obsessed with um, appliances, okay? Like, I'll go to Best Buy, and I'll look at their appliances, and I'll fall in love with all of them. And I personally think that everyone needs, like, four fridges in their home because they do so many different things. My husband said, listen, I want you to go and I want you to purchase um, a fridge because I know that everything I say you're not going to like and you're going to want like the top of the line, whatever. And so I go into Best Buy and I purchase this new fridge to go into our new home that God had said you need to build. We get this thing home. It's awesome. Like it's got like the herb, the herb drawer where, I mean, I not that I buy fresh herbs ever, but you know, if you have thyme or mint or whatever herbs are, uh, you can put them in this drawer and they will stay good for like three years. And so I'm like, ah, oh, we've got to have an herb drawer. And then they have their, our refrigerator has these two drawers on the outside of it. It's not the deep freeze that, which is underneath, but you can pull them out and you don't don't have to open the top of the fridge and so we put all of our fruits in there because my kids eat every five minutes uh so they're not opening up the top of the fridge all the time and letting all the cold air out I mean this fridge is amazing we bought this fridge we had it for two months and it was like it had just come out. And sometimes when you buy something that just comes out, it's not really a great thing because I haven't worked all the bugs out. So about a month after we got this awesome fridge that was working perfectly, it didn't dispense ice or water. And I don't know about you. I love ice. I love water. It was out of order. It didn't work. It didn't work the way we wanted to. And here we've been in our home now for two and a half years. Let me tell you something about this fridge. For two and a half years, this fridge has been from time to time out of order. We have called the repairman. We have called the manufacturer. We have called everything. And it simply does not work the way that we want. It was new. It was wonderful. It was fresh. And then all of a sudden, it was out of order and it does not work. And that happens sometimes with our Thanksgiving. When we get our Thanksgiving out of order and when we don't put it in the right order, when it it, it it becomes not as useful to us as it could be if the Thanksgiving is in the right uh, chronological order. Uh, I'm going to explain myself right here. I want you to go to Second Chronicles 20, um, and we're going to start reading. I'm going to paraphrase a little bit just because of time. This is one of my absolute favorite 
passages of scripture. I have come back to this passage of scripture hundreds of times um, in my life, and it has always encouraged me. But there is something very strong to be said about Thanksgiving from um, our buddy, King Jehoshaphat. I'm going to read one through five, and we're going to 21 through five, and we're going to camp out on these verses just for a second. Now, it came about after this, after this, I'm going to tell you what happened. Um, The Israelites are basically getting getting themselves together. Okay. They worship the idols. They're coming back to the Lord. Um, God is starting to move on their behalf. That's kind of what has just happened in second Chronicles 19. Now it came about after this, that the sons of Moab, the sons of Ammon together with the sons of the Munites came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was the king of Judah, okay? Um, He was a godly king. Uh, He had turned godly. Um, And so here here this huge coalition of people um, have their eye on Judah because they want to destroy it. So they all got together. And it's so funny because they didn't even like each other. But sometimes evil, uh, evil will form an alliance against good just because they want to defeat good. They will find common ground in order to defeat good. And that's exactly what these people did. Um, They said, oh, oh, you hate Jehoshaphat? You, you hate them? Okay, I do too. So let's wage war together. Let's form a coalition to go and defeat them because we cannot stand them any longer. And that's exactly what happened in this uh, passage of scripture. Then some came and reported to Jehoshaphat saying, a great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, out of Aram, and behold, they are in Harazan Tamar. And then they heard what was happening. I don't know about you, but sometimes when people report things to me, um, it bothers me greatly, especially when it is a bad report. Then some came and reported to Jehoshaphat, a great multitude is coming against you. How would you like to get that news? A great multitude is coming against you, or maybe you have received that news today. Um, Guess what? Your house is going to be foreclosed on. It is going to happen. It is sure. There is a coalition that is formed against you. It is happening. Guess what? Your husband is going to file for divorce today. Your wife is going to file for divorce today. A Coalition has been formed against you, and you have got the report of it. You know, when we went to adopt our babies, we got a report before we got our actual babies. We were matched with a woman who was, we thought, was pregnant with twins. And then we got a report. She has falsified all the documents. She is actually not pregnant and she has been lying to you. You have received a report, a report that you don't want to receive, a report that you want to reject, a report that you do not want to hear, something you don't even want to be welcomed in your life. However, you have received a report. This is... Jehoshaphat. And this may be where you're standing today. Uh, An evil coalition has formed against you. Maybe you brought it on yourselves. Let's just be honest. If your house is getting foreclosed on, you haven't paid the bill. 
if you if you're getting evicted from your apartment, you you haven't paid the bill, so it might be something that you've actually taunted and and brought on yourself. Um, I, I feel it's very important to bring that up. That sometimes these great things that come against us, we we bring on ourselves, and we have to get our lives in order and get straight and live in a budget and live under our means and things like that. Um, so these huge horrible things do not come against us. Nevertheless, a great report of devastation had come to King Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat, verse 3, 2 Chronicles 20, verse 3, was afraid and turned his attention to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. He was afraid. You know what? Even kings get afraid. It's okay for you to be afraid. It's okay. Um, it is. It is something that uh, is very natural um, in in our life when we get a report that is absolutely devastating to us. It is a natural thing to be afraid. You know. As a matter of fact, some of you need to be a little. You need to. You need to display the fact that you are afraid rather than walking around like you are perfect and never afraid and 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 are all cool, calm, and collected all the time. Jehoshaphat was afraid. And what did he do with his fear? He didn't sit there. I love that Jehoshaphat did that. He did not sit and take a bath in his fear. He didn't sit there and be consumed by his fear, which is what some people do, and and become depressed and not leave his house and not um, not operate and not do anything. What did he do with his fear? When we are struck by fear, there is an action that we must take in order order to um, pacify the fear, in order to neutralize the fear, he turned his attention to seek the Lord. What do we do with fear in our, uh, in our, in our, in our society today? I have gotten, I'm sure I'll hear from you guys today after doing this video every single day without fail. My, my team will come to me and tell me that we have gotten a message from one of you, from one of our social media followers who is paralyzed with fear. They've gotten the, the, the great report, or maybe there's no report whatsoever, but Satan is using fear as a way to dismiss mantle your purpose. We are constantly having to confront fear, especially in uh, the Christian world, because fear is the opposite of faith. What what uh, King Jehoshaphat did was so powerful. It was so incredible because, yes, he experienced the fear after he got the, the great report. But what did he do? He, he transferred his fear into his attention that sought the Lord, which only ultimately led to faith. If we stew in fear, it will disable us. It will disable us. We get here all the time. I have panic attacks all the time. I don't know how to get, they're chronic. I don't know how to get rid of them. 
I'm just anxiety all the time. I'm just scared of this. I'm scared of that all the time. Autumn, I don't, I don't know what to do. You don't understand. We hear that a lot. Um, you don't understand. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm constantly scared all the time. I can't get outside of my own head. You know what? There is a remedy for that. Now, let me just qualify my statement here and say some of you need to go to a licensed professional biblical counselor. Um, and so they can help you out of the cycle that you have. Um, you are currently in. But sometimes when we are struck with fear, simply all we need to do is turn our attention to seek the Lord. He is the shepherd that leads us out. He is the shepherd that knows the way. He is the shepherd that brings peace amidst reports of devastation. He is the shepherd. So Jehoshaphat turned his attention to seek the Lord. He was afraid, but he sought the Lord. So Judah, verse 4, gathered together to seek help from the Lord. And they came from <clears throat> all, let me, let, me, let me make sure I'm reading this right. They even came from all the cities of Judah to seek the Lord. So not only did the king, did the leader seek the Lord, father, uh, dad, leader of your home, mom, leader of your home. Um, not only did the leadership seek the Lord, they, uh, he, he, he told all of Judah about what was happening and they all came together to seek the Lord. There's been times in my, uh, my family's lives, uh, my immediate family, me and my husband and, and our children, um, that, you know what? Just my husband going before the Lord just for me doesn't seem like it's enough. There are some things in our lives where we need to rally everyone together. And we need to get on our knees and we need to seek the Lord. My husband and I and my two oldest children did that when we were um, fighting what seemed like a battle to adopt my younger children. We all got on our knees, turned our attention and sought the Lord together. And um, uh, husband, that's might be what you're going to do. You're carrying this burden, this financial burden right now. You know what? It's time to share it with your wife. It's time to bring your kids in. It's time to t teach your kids um, some vulnerability. It's time to show your kids that you are actually human so that they can learn at a young age what it's like for their father uh, to, to step out in faith. Woman, same thing. It's time to show your vulnerable side. It's time to bring your kids in and rally together and, and bend your knee to the most high who can and will operate on your behalf. It is time to come together. So they all came together. They gathered together to seek help from the Lord. Now, one of the things I love in here is we're talking about out of order, out of order is what we're talking about today. This is what they did in Second Chronicles 2, 1 through 5. They got their attention in order. When something strikes us, when something hits us, if we do not get our attention in order, it will, um, the enemy most likely will win. That's what Judah and King Jehoshaphat did. First, first, first point here, they got their attention in order. Um, they were focused on the king and this, uh, on um, God. And this, this is then what the king does. We're moving on to verse five. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. 
And he said, I love this, prayed right in the center. He didn't send someone to do it. He did it. And he prayed, oh, Lord God of our fathers, are you not, pay attention to that, God in heaven, and are you not ruler over all the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in your hands so that no one can stand against you. Did you not, our God, drive out the inhabitants of this before you and your people Israel and give it to the descendants of Abraham forever? And then he goes on. They have lived in it. They have built you a sanctuary with your name saying, should evil come upon us, the sword or judgment or pestilence or famine, we will stand before this house and before your name and cry to you in our distress and you will hear and deliver us. He keeps going. Now behold, he's standing in the midst of all of Judah and the leader is crying out before the Lord. Now behold the sons of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom you did not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt. See how they are rewarding you by coming to drive us out from your possession, which you have given us as an inheritance. He goes on in verse 12. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we are powerless before this great multitude who are coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. All of Judah was standing before the Lord with their infants, their wives, and their children. So here they have gotten their attention in order, focused on the Lord. They've gotten this horrible report. They're focused on the Lord. Their attention is in order. Now they have to get their thoughts in order. And I thought that this was so interesting. Um, The questions, the questions that Jehoshaphat already knew the answer to, but the questions that he poised at God as if God did not know what he already did for the nation of um, Israel. Um, Jehoshaphat recapping says this, are you not? Did you not? Will you not? Are you not God? Did you not? Will you not? Hey, that concludes part one of Out of Order. Let me tell you something, guys. Do not miss tomorrow. Tomorrow is going to be a powerful conclusion, and we are going to actually talk about what do we need to do to get our Thanksgiving back in order. It is so important. There is so much power when we understand uh, changing the order of our Thanksgiving really can produce some amazing things in our lives. Thank you so much for listening to our show today. You can catch me right back here tomorrow on the Autumn Miles Show. Thanks so much for listening today. The Autumn Miles program is listener supported and your donation to keep it on the air is appreciated. To make a donation, visit autumnmiles.com. And with a $100 donation or more, you'll receive an autographed copy of Autumn's book, Appointed, Your Future Starts Now. Join us next time for the Autumn Miles Show on The Word, 100.7 FM.